We're, we're at the time of year where people rack up loads of debt, go and spend more money than they actually should on things they actually don't need. We were also talking about the impact that bacon has on world events, which is quite a deep thought for men at breakfast. Credit cards are basically a license to pretend that you can afford things that you actually can't. It's like an invitation to get yourself into debt. The invitation that God gave to the world is an invitation to freedom. the other day at the men's breakfast we were sitting around talking about different things we were talking about international finance bitcoin um bullion exchanges and things like that we were also talking about the impact that bacon has on world events because everything seems better with bacon but we during that conversation we ended up talking about credit cards. We're, we're at the time of year where people rack up loads of debt and uh, go and spend more money than they actually should on things they actually don't need. And we were talking about that and kicking it around for a while. And during that conversation, somebody said this. They said that credit cards and the ability to borrow money is basically a license to pretend that you can afford things that you actually can't. And the pressure that that puts on people, it's like an invitation to get yourself into debt. Which is quite a deep thought for men at breakfast. But when you think about it, we have lots of different invitations that are given to us in our lives. Christmas is an invitation time. We invite people to different events. We invite people to give gifts. We invite people to gift exchanges. We invite people to be secret Santas. We invite people to church who would never normally come. But there's this one big invitation that is the act of Christmas itself. The invitation that God gave to the world. And I like to think of that invitation as an invitation to freedom. Now, I'll explain what I mean as we go forward. An invitation to freedom. That's how I like to view Christmas. Now, there's a really, really famous verse in the Bible that lots of people know when you see people holding up signs at sporting events. John 3.16. And this is what it says in John 3.16. I'll read it to you just so I don't misquote it. This is what it says. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Now you think, what has that got to do with Christmas? Well, that's a great question. But do you know who said that? Now I know you're probably going to say, well, John did. Well, actually, John wrote it down a bunch of years after Jesus said it. For God so loved. It doesn't say that God so judged. 
It doesn't say that God was so angry. It doesn't say any of those things. It says that God's motivation was actually love. Love motivated the invitation that God gave through his son, Jesus. And that's an amazing thought because when I read about love, this is what I get. Right now, you may have heard this read somewhere else. I'm going to have to put these on. They might mist up because it's cold. That's what it says. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. It's not boastful, nor is it proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. You often hear this read on wedding days, but this is not for wedding days. This is for the 50 years that follows the wedding day. Everything's great on the wedding day. You need to remember this 50 years later when things are starting to get on your nerves a bit. Not that that ever happens with us. It's what it says. It is not rude. It's not boastful doesn't demand its own way it's not love is not irritable love keeps no record of being wronged love keeps no record of being wronged did you hear that love keeps no record of being wronged that means love forgives which means the invitation that I get at Christmas is to become a forgiven me. That's the invitation I get at Christmas, to become a forgiven me. Now, not, not a better version of me, because all that is is Christian self-help, and not the best version of me because that's just Christian humanism. But a forgiven me. That is, that is an incredible thought. Now, it also has implications. Now, this invitation to freedom and forgiveness, it actually started in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, when an angel came to a girl called Mary. And he told her this story about how she was going to come pregnant even though she was a virgin. And that she was going to give birth to somebody who would save the world and be the saviour, the forgiver of the world. Anybody that wanted to receive this forgiveness. That's what the angel said. And her response to that was this. I am the Lord's servant. Let everything be done according to what you've said. I'm the Lord. That was her response. I am the Lord's servant. Now, the invitation also came to Joseph, the man who she was engaged to, through another angel in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20. The invitation to forgiveness and to be a forgiven person and an invitation to freedom came to shepherds in Luke chapter 2 and verse 8 from a heavenly choir. And then, a little bit later on in verse 15, I think, 
their response to that invitation was, hey, let's go and see. Let's see if this invitation is actually real and true. And that's a great response. Let's go and see. Let's look for ourselves. The invitation came to some wise men. Traditionally, we think it's three. Maybe there were only three wise men around at that time. Who knows? But in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2, some wise men came who had been invited and their invitation was a sign in the heavens. That's where they got their invitation from. Herod, the pseudo-king at that time, under the dictates of the Roman Empire, was also invited. Now the wise men were invited and, and they, they didn't know their destination, but they could see enough to follow. <laughs> that is a great thought. They didn't know the destination, but they could see enough to follow. Wow, you could preach on just that. You could see enough to follow. Herod, when he was invited, he was threatened and wanted to silence this invitation, wanted to silence the gift, wanted to silence forgiveness at all cost. He was threatened and troubled. And then the verse next to it in, in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 3, it says this, that not only Herod was troubled, but the whole of the city was troubled with him. Why would anybody anywhere be troubled by the thought of being inv invited to freedom and becoming a forgiven me? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because in our 21st century woke world, The thought that I need to be forgiven something is incredibly offensive and it's threatening. Incredibly offensive and threatening. But you see, I have a choice. And the way that the Gospels lay this out is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. You see, Luke does this Lukeism trick where he, he puts all these different characters in place, like Mary, like Joseph, um, like, like the shepherds. And then Mark does, um, Matthew does the same thing. He talks about the wise men and, 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 and about Herod and about the tr people being troubled. And the Gospels invite you, especially Luke, because it's his, it's his sort of trademark. But the Gospels invite us to, to pick if you like, to select a group that most represents us. Now, some of us, when we're invited to, to be forgiven people, we take the route of, of the shepherds and say, hey, let's go, let's see, let's see, let's actually see if this works, let's see if it's true, let's see if we're forgiven, let's see if we become forgiven shepherds. Other people 
They don't know where it's going to lead them. They're like the wise men. They, they don't know where it's, but they can see enough that they know they want to follow it. And you know, that pretty much describes me. Um, I, I don't always know the destination. I don't always know where this forgiveness will take me, but I can see enough that I want to follow. Even if I don't understand it sometimes, I want to follow. Some people look at this and they react the same way as Herod. And the thought, the thought that they need to be forgiven of anything, <laughs> silence that. I don't need to be forgiven of anything. They want to silence that thought at all cost. Kill the messenger. Kill the person that brings the message of forgiveness and hope. But remember John 3.16? What is God's motive? His motive isn't anger. His motive isn't judgment. His motive isn't to put us down. His motive is love. And I pray this Christmas season, I pray that as we, as we send Christmas cards, as we sit around trees, as we eat too much food and we eat turkey, as we, as we do the whole vegetarian turkey thing, I don't even understand that. But as people do that, as people gather with families, that they actually remember that this whole thing is an invitation for me, you and us to be forgiven me's, forgiven you's, forgiven us's. I like being forgiven. I'm not so good at forgiving, but I love being a forgiven me. I pray today, wherever you are, whatever situation you are in, that you accept the forgiveness gift that God sends with a motivation of pure love. That you become a forgiven you. Hey, bless you and happy Christmas. Even if this is a tough time of year for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that we would accept the forgiveness, the invitation to freedom that comes because your gift to us is motivated by pure love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bless you. Stay safe.
Christmas isn't just a time to decorate your house, to spend time with loved ones, and to open long-awaited presents. Christmas is a time to remember, to remember that salvation doesn't come from within, it comes from above. To remember that infinitely better than the magic of Christmas is the miracle of Emmanuel. To remember that God was not and is not untouched by the pain and suffering of this world. To remember that Jesus isn't just part of the Christmas story, but Christmas is part of the Jesus story. To remember that there is no grace without a cross and no cross without a manger. To remember that Jesus doesn't just want us to remember what he did, but to join him in what he is doing. So this year, let the lights remind you of the light of the world who came into darkness for us. Let the gifts remind you of the greatest gift of all. And this year, make your heart like Bethlehem and receive the King. Do.
就。